Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Sales Vitamin Podcast. I'm your host, John Basong. I'll be deconstructing the playbooks of some of the most successful sales authors, leaders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, field sales professionals. We're going to discuss their strategies, their perspectives, and their insights. So sit back, relax, and get ready to take your vitamins because here we go. Hey everybody, this is John Basong, the host of the Sales Vitamin Podcast. If you're looking to build a profitable side hustle that also impacts people, then you need to look at becoming a certified leadership coach with Giant. If you don't already know, Giant has been in the leadership space for over 13 years. They used to own and operate the John Maxwell brands. They ran the leadership conferences where Jim Collins, Henry Cloud, Malcolm Gladwell, and Simon Sinek were regular speakers, and a lot more. They have over 500 coaches working in over 127 countries, and their coaches are being hired by companies like Chick-fil-A, Pfizer, Delta, and many more. And yes, you can do this too. Giant literally gives you everything you need to start your own coaching business from scratch. You get hands-on training from top-level coaches to learn the exact methodology and tools that six-figure coaches are using. An all-in-one online platform to run your entire coaching business, even if you want to work 100% remotely. And you'll get to join a thriving community coaches around the world. To get started, Giant is hosting a coaching business workshop to help you learn the ins and outs of how to build a successful coaching business, even if you're just starting out. This workshop is 100% free, and you can reserve your spot by going to giant.tv forward slash salesvitamin. So if you're ready to impact people and get paid to do it, go to giant.tv forward slash sales vitamin all right everybody welcome to another edition of the sales vitamin podcast where every episode is going to help you improve your sales performance in some way and it's going to help your team improve their sales performance in some way and today we have got a guest that is definitely going to help you in both of those areas as a sales professional as a sales manager and as an organizational leader we've got dr tom Tonkin on the show. He's the CEO and the founder of the Conservatory Group. He's also uh, in charge of that umbrella that has the Sales Conservatory. He was with Oracle for 19 years. He's got a PhD in organizational leadership, and he's got some other initials behind his name. I'll let him get into all that for you. (laughs) But he has got 25 years of, of working experience as an executive, as a sales leader. So, Tom, thanks for coming on the show. I mean, to have someone like you to talk with today and the listeners are in for a treat, I surely appreciate it. I certainly hope they are, John. Thank you so much for having me on on the show. I I like to start by telling everyone that I am a recovering executive. That's always a nice way to introduce you. If you want to find all those letters after my name, you could certainly go on the internet and find them. But but I am a recovering executive, my friend. I'm like everyone else and all of your listeners trying to figure out how to get uh, through this thing we call sales life. Yeah. Um, 
I, I guess I guess I should start a little bit about like how do I how I got into it. I I, yeah. I don't think anyone says you know when I'm 13 years old I'm going to become a great salesperson. Yeah. Um, actually, when I was seven, I want to be a dentist, and okay. and that's because I like gear. And uh, and and I quickly found out that dentistry was a lot more than just owning a bunch of gear. <laughs> yeah. But I I guess I, I started uh, my my sales journey uh, as a as a technician. Right. And, and, and trying to sell technical things. And I quickly came to the realization that it really is about people. And I think, you know, your listeners know that that's the case. And um, so once I started getting into sales and selling, I did actually fairly well, you know, as, as far as all the metrics that we're all that we all consider. Yeah. Um, I had a boss at Oracle. As a matter of fact, you mentioned that that said, hey, Tom, you're pretty good at this stuff. Why don't you help other sales guys, you know, sell better? So in the back of my mind, I think, well, how hard could that be? <laughs> yeah. <little> yeah. <laughs> right. Don't you just tell them what to do and it'll be all done. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I, I got a little taste of, of that sales training and sales enablement aspect of it. And I said, well, I don't know if it's up as for me. I went back to sales and continued to do well. But eventually, eventually you kind of have to pick. And that, that's really where I am now is I, I said, you know, I've had a successful and continue to have a successful career in selling, but I wanted to take the time to, you know, speak to podcasts like your listeners and, and other people to see what I could share um, in, in my journey and my journey continues. Yeah. Now, so you had the, the, the career at Oracle. What are some things that you see right now from a sales standpoint that is completely changing the sales game uh, from where you're at, from your chair, what do you think's changing or having the biggest impact in the sales and the sales enablement process? So I always start with that theoretical. We were just talking about it off, yeah. off air, right? Yeah, so it's a little bit of practical, a little bit of theoretical. And, and I, and I hearken back to Dan Pink's book, you know, to sell is human. Yeah. Great book. And he, right. And he basically says that, it really starts with information asymmetry. So way, way back in the day, what's that mean? That means that one side of the equation has more information than the other. In this case, I'm talking customers versus salespeople. Right. I don't like the term versus, but you understand that there's two sides of that coin. Right. And back in the day, salespeople had more information than customers did. Unfortunately, there were a lot of salespeople out there that took advantage of that. You may perhaps embellished, you might've heard of a few people like that in your past, yeah. John, that might've done that. That information asymmetry for the last, say, 10 to 15 years has swung the pendulum over to the customer side. Right. That asymmetry is not only necessarily just Googling things, but also the data-driven um, decisions that, that customers now make, the, the research. I think it was the CEB that came up, said 57% of customers pretty much know what they want to do before they even call the rep for the first time. And that's, that's a information asymmetry. And I think that information asymmetry continues uh, to grow on the, on the customer side, which in essence, we as sales professionals have to conform to that trend. And I think if I were to talk about the challenges or the, what the issues are in the trends, I think I would wrap it all in that information asymmetry tagline. 
Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's fantastic. Um, talk about the the sales piece or the sales division, if you want to call it part of your conservatory group. Um, what does that look like and feel like, and what's the goal there for you in that? So there's a couple what I would call design premises um, behind what we're calling the sales conservatory. I I was a musician, a professional musician, many many years ago. And I had to learn lots of things. Not only had I learned all of the theory behind music, but how to play it. And I think you have an appreciation uh, of music where you now live. Oh, yeah. And uh, the people around you. But really what boiled down between being a okay musician to a great musician was really practice. And if I were to, again, sum up what we're about at the Sales Conservatory, we really are about the practice piece. Ever wonder to yourself, some of these methodologies out there, sales methodologies, pick whatever your favorite one. Some people swear by them. Some people hate them. Doesn't really matter. What's the difference between these things? My view is that how well do you know it? How well do you practice it? And how well do you create your voice? And so we're, we're not so much concerned about what you learn at the sales conservatory as much as how you learn things at the sales conservatory specifically around practicing your skill, whatever that skill may be. And then therefore finding your voice on what that means to when you interact with your customers. Yeah. And that's really where we focus most of our time. Okay. Now is the, in the conservatory group uh, is an umbrella for some other divisions. We were talking uh, offline on that as well. Where are you at as far as kind of the structure of the organizations? And I know you're, you're getting this going, but where are you at from a, from a structure of it and people contacting it and, and that type of thing? We have three points of entry into the sales conservatory, which all lead to the same spot, but we all come with different needs. The first point of entry is what we call sales desk live. Okay. Sales Desk Live is my hair's on fire. I, I don't have time to look stuff up, Tom. <laughs> I don't have yeah. time to, to uh, theorize about something. I've got a problem and I've got a problem now. Uh, new, new player in my deal came in. Don't understand what I need to do. I've got to have a decision. I've got 48 hours to solve this problem. Where do I go? What do I do? How do I connect? Yeah. Well, we have that component of it. The second component is what I call the continuous learning or the operational stuff. I want to get better at something. So I potentially learn content pretty much like what you might see in other sales uh, training. However, we add a little extra science to it. For example, none of our content's more than 15 minutes long. Okay. Our content comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes, uh, we currently have, for example, a private podcast. So if you were to subscribe, you would be able to listen uh, through a podcast means. Right. One of the things we're actually working on, and we actually have a prototype again, is uh, connecting to Alexa. You can oh. open up the sales conservatory and listen through Alexa. One of the things we're trying to do with that piece of it is we don't want you to log into some foreign thing and, 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 and get out of your rhythm. We want you to stay within the rhythm of your workflow, whatever that might be, and listen to a podcast, listen to Alexa lesson. Um, And then lastly, we have what we call the customer experience center. 
is part of the sales conservatory. That's when, say, an sales executive said, okay, I've got a three to five year plan that I've got to come up with. Uh, we're turning the corner. We're a growth company. Now we're a value company. We need to start making some money. We're a startup. We're Series E, you know, whatever it might be. But now I've got to have a long term perspective. And I have to sit down and take a look at what are all the pieces that I need. Right. So we have assessments. One of the assessments that we have, actually, it's a, it's a proprietary custom assessment, which is called the self-directed learner assessment. One of the things that we came up, and I think this is sort of the punchline of this podcast, if anybody's listening, if you want to be a really good, ex- exceptional and consistent sales rep, you must be a self-directed learner. And what I mean by self-directed is not I can sit down and read a book by myself or anything like that. Yeah. You understand how you learn. Do you learn through podcasts? Do you learn through YouTubes? Do you learn through reading? Do you, do you learn through interviewing other people? We had an extensive research project on this where we had the hypothesis, yeah. which was – what makes the difference between, you know, a good salesperson and a great salesperson? Yeah. And we were interviewing great salespeople. And one of the great salespeople that we talked to, I said, well, you know, you, you're a great self-directed learner. He goes, oh, I, I know nothing about learning. I'm not a really a learner. And so I said, okay, well, we'll talk about that. And so we, we set up an appointment with him. And he says, look, I'm running a little late because right now I'm having a sales consultant explain to me about a product. Uh, because I need to get in front of a customer. And so as soon as I'm done here, you know, we can have the conversation. And I had my research partner with me, he shut the door and I looked at her and said, he's learning. <laughs> That's yeah. how he learns, right? That's how he figures it out. He has somebody explain to him uh, before he gets in front of the customer. So we have an assessment basically says, how self-directed are you and what areas of self-direction do you need help with? Because once you have that, once you're more self-directed, imagine now the world is your oyster. You can now just, you know, take on whatever piece of content. I never thought of that as learning, right? I, I always thought about that's just kind of what I did, but now you can be intentional. And once we understand as sales conservatory, you specifically, John, what your learning um, styles are, we can cater to that. We can help you out and say, look, maybe you should utilize this piece of curriculum versus that other curriculum. Maybe you really should dialogue with your peers more often in this fashion, on and on and on. And do you think that that is really what separates the sales professional from the sales representative, for a lack of a better word? I absolutely do. As a matter of fact, the term we use here is we help you hone your sales craft. Right? You think yeah. of a job, right? You think of a role, you think of a career. Eventually, it, it, if you really want to be good at anything, again, we could probably take the word sales and replace it with a guitar player. Right. Um, if you want to be good at anything, you have to approach it as your craft. And that's kind of what we do here is we, we want you to, to really hone in on your craft. And that could be any of these sales methodologies, for example, let's say you work for a large company and they decide to use sales methodology A, whatever it might be. Right. And you quite don't get it, or maybe you're not clicking with it. Well, we'll help you, right? We'll help you learn that methodology and find your voice 
because we're not going to help you on the what the what's already outlined. Right. We're going to help you on the how. Yeah. And and that's and, and we've seen, obviously, great success here. One of the current challenges that we have and the pandemic did nothing more than accelerate it is how do I do this virtually? Right. Right. How do I how do I do this? It's, you know, remember not too long ago, like, I don't know, two years ago <laughs> when yeah. when we would just sit down and go, well, we need to figure this out. We just jump on a plane. Right. You know, if it's too hard to be on a phone or a Zoom call, just jump on a plane and, and go figure it out. Well, in the last 18 months, that just wasn't a viable option. So we're trying to figure out how we can take technologies that are current today and and still get that end result. Yeah. And that's a journey, honestly, right now is, is just a journey. We've got we've we've done a lot of testing with a lot of different types of technologies, and some have been good and some not so good. <laughs> How, how important uh, in all the research you've done and you're studying and then your, your, your practical field sales experience as well, how big do you think the EQ, that's, that mental, the, the science behind the sales, how important is that piece of the sales profession? I, I think it's a very important. And, and I will highlight, though, that um, there's a, a little bit of a disturbing trend right now. I think there's a lot of folks in the consultative arena that you and I work in that I think are using some um, scientism, if you will, which yeah. is uh, nothing more than sort of fake science to talk <laughs> about that. And I think there's a discernment that needs to take place. That being said, for anybody that might be listening to about this, absolutely, there's a tremendous amount of science. If you talk about the EQ piece, here, here's an interesting part about the EQ is we often equate the EQ to others. I think I'll ask you a question. What's your own EQ like to yourself? Do you understand self better than other people? And I'm going to suggest at times the answer is you don't. You, you, you understand other people better than you understand yourself. And I think that EQ needs to be reflective. As a matter of fact, in our platform um, at the Sales Conservatory, we have this, we have this, this little feature that we added. It's a simple little feature. It's called the journaling feature. And when you're in the platform, this little journaling bug, <laughs> yeah. it sits in the bottom left-hand corner. It follows you everywhere you go. And the reason we put it there is because there's stuff in your head. Your head was not meant to store things. It's meant to act on things, figure things out. And so anytime you find yourself thinking about, I don't know, a gallon of milk that your wife told you to go buy after you take this training, click the journal button, dump it in there. The journal button then sends everything to your email so you can deal with it later and you yeah. can stay focused on what, you, on what you're doing. Uh, that's very important to us is having a very reflective mindset of who you are to build, again, that sales crafts person that you want to be. What's lacking right now, uh, do you think, uh, if you were to say, uh, for example, to some, maybe some, some men or women getting out of college, or maybe they're transitioning and they want to get in sales. If you were to say, Hey, here's the top three skills that you really need to get good at. What are those? Well, you, it's interesting. You mentioned that because I'm going to go back to self-directed learning and I'll tell you why for the last 120 years, yeah. we have fabricated dependent learners. I, I have a little bit of a, pitch presentation. Sometimes people call it a rant 
about how we have taken a fabricated education and have taught people how to be dependent. Think about it. Uh, you go to school, you get, you get a, a aggregated by age. You're then told what to do. And then you're also told what the right response is back. Right. You've been told that for about 16 years in a row. Yeah. You then launch into a new career of sales ship and you're waiting for that person to tell you what the right answer is. You're telling that person, what's the test? What is it that you want me to regurgitate back? Because that's what I've done for the last 16 years. Yeah. And so for anyone that wants to get into this and be really good at it, get out of being the dependent learner and become a self-directed learner. Now, mind you, I, I wish I could tell you that I was the one that invented this, but no, uh, there's lots of resources uh, on the internet. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I, uh, I'm the one who just connected self-directed learning to being a good salesperson. Yeah. Um, and uh, arguably you could probably say that about anything, but I have seen, and, and not only in experience, but going back to the theory and the, and, and, and the studies, yeah. you know, the surveys and all the analysis I've done statistically that the best salespeople are self-directed. And, yeah. and, and so, you know, I mean, that's, you're, you're talking about the top three things. I, that's probably one, two, and three for me. Right. Yeah. Having that initiative to not wait on the company to train you or the company to provide that sales training for you, go get it. It's there. So funny you mentioned initiative because let, let me, let me go one step deeper in how I define uh, self-direction. It's, it's, it comes in four flavors, four dimensions, if you will. Yeah. Desire, resourcefulness, initiative, and persistence. Ah, yeah. So those are the four things we work on. And, and how do you actually work on them? Now someone goes, well, how do you, Tom, how do you do that? Yeah. And we break those down into basically four different areas of execution. Mm -hmm. we, we, we talk about self-efficacy. So basically your confidence on your ability, your self-regulation, which is your discipline, your, yeah. your uh, ability to stay the course, whether that be time management or whatever it might be, yeah. your what I call interpersonal communication. Now, interpersonal communication, communication always seems to make these the short list on this kind of stuff. Yeah. But in this case, I'm being specific to suggest that it's how do you actually communicate with someone else to get information? Right. The real information. Yeah. And then uh, the, the last one is learner goal orientation. Like, what's your purpose for doing what it is that you're trying to learn? Like, how do you know that you've learned something or better yet? How do you know that you've achieved the outcome of the learning? And if you think about these four things back to your last 16 years of, of schooling, they didn't teach you any of that stuff. Like right. the learner goal orientation piece of say high school was, well, I need to pass this test. And the way I pass this test is I get all of the right answers back yeah. to the teacher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I regurgitate it. Right. And that's, and that's my orientation, right? And I'm done. Now think about that. If you were to take that to a customer, the customer's like, why, what are you talking about? I, I thought you're here to help me. <laughs> I'm not yeah. telling you what the right answer is. Right. So again, uh, hopefully uh, I know we're, we're going rather quickly here. It's a podcast, but hopefully yeah. people can go back and, 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 and take some notes and, 
and jot some of those ideas down and what, what they can do to improve their self-direction. Yeah, that's great stuff. What are your thoughts on, because I know you spent, you know, a lot of time at Oracle, what, uh, sales managers versus the sales professional does the outstanding sales professional always, always equate to being a great sales manager or is that, no, that's a completely different skill set, And you've got to be really aware when you do that, when you make that. Well, you hit, hit the nail on the head. It's just, it's apple. It really is apples and oranges. And I think we currently are in a, well, currently we've been in this bad trend for, for decades, which is, I'm going to take my best salesperson and make them this, the next sales manager, promote them, if you will, into that position. The problem is you do two bad things in one shot. You probably get rid of your best salesperson and you gain a mediocre manager all in yeah. one move. Yeah. Wow. And part of it is what you said or alluded to is the competencies required to be a salesperson versus a manager. I have found to be, be over 50% different Wow. from one to the other. As a matter of fact, I have a study that I've done where the linchpin, the linchpin to a good sales organization is actually the line manager, the person that manages the individual contributing reps. That's the linchpin because anything above that becomes more of that overhead oversight view. And they start moving away from the customer where the sales manager, that person, they actually dictate and direct the time and how to develop those, those uh, individual contributors. Now, the problem is, is that's a big job. Right. I had that job and, and I had that job at Oracle. Right. And I, I will tell you till this day, that is, that is still the most difficult job I ever had is because not only do I have to do all of these salesy kinds of things, but I've got a coach, I've got a mentor, I've got to direct, I have to be a therapist if sometimes. Yeah. And those skill mixes don't usually aren't all found in one individual. <laughs> you know? Right. And so that is a difficult task. And so my view has been is we, we need to support those sales managers for those skills that they don't have. My view of it is take a look at your sales organization. And if you're looking for a sales manager, don't get, don't get rid of your top salesperson. Go take a look at that salesperson that's, you know, average, but they may have these wonderful managerial uh, mentor coaching skills that make them the opportune candidate for that job. If you right. want to reward your top salesperson, there's all sorts of other ways of doing them, not throwing them into a job that they're probably going to end up being mediocre at best. Yeah. And the training, uh, I would think, for the sales manager is a lot different than the training you're going to give that individual contributor. It should be. Yeah. It should be. What has happened and what I've seen most of the time is that you take your best sales rep, you want to reward them because they've been your best sales rep. So you promote them. You give them a big fancy title. They don't have the skill. You don't onboard them. That's another issue uh, yeah. that I have with, with is how come we, we hire people from the outside? We go through an onboarding, but then we give somebody a completely diff different job internally. We don't do anything about it. We don't, we don't onboard them into a new position, which I think we should. That's, that's another podcast. But yeah, if you go to that next level, and you get that super sales rep 
becomes the manager, they then they believe that that management job, they become the super sales rep. Like they say, well, I'm going to help you close the big deal or I'm going to help you. That's not sustainable. Right. Um, it's a big drag <laughs> for your salespeople right. because they're there to sell. And you're not doing the thing you're supposed to be doing, which is managing and coaching and, and growing right. your business and growing your people. So yeah. it's, again, it's just, it's insult to injury. The problem is we now are in this cyclical trend where that's exactly what happens. And so now that super manager or its rep becomes the manager. Now they become the director. And, and so they go, well, that I got promoted by being the super sales rep. So I should probably get the next super sales rep and promote them. And then, you know, the, the, the cycle goes on. Yeah. What are some things that are happening uh, that you're excited about at the conservatory group? I mean, what do you got coming up in the future? What's uh, what are some things you're real excited about? I, I have to tell you, it's we have spent a significant amount of time on integration of technologies. Um, okay. I'll give you I'll give you a great example is uh, we're using a tool called Voxer. OK, if you're familiar, I don't know if you're familiar with Voxer. Uh -uh. Uh, think of it as a kind of a fancy synchronous, asynchronous text messaging system but it's wow. so much more than that. And I can get so much done quickly because often salespeople that need my help, they need my help for like, you know, they, they just need the answer, right? They just need the right. one view or the one to net direction. They don't have to book a meeting with me. Right. They don't, right. They, they just, they vox me. As a matter of fact, Dr. Tom Tonkin is my Voxer ID. I'm live. Your listeners are listening. Download Voxer. It's free. I'm opening up the channel. Yeah. <laughs> Type in Dr. Tom Talkin as a user ID and you will get directly to me. So is it like and an app? I mean, it's an app. It's an you... app. It's an app. Okay. It's a phone app. Okay. And it's, uh, think of it as kind of a glorified walkie talkie. Okay. And you could do it live or you can do it asynchronously. And the amount of ability I have to scale myself as well as the rest of my staff and the people we do is just amazing. Because in the past, what we would do is uh, maybe an email. Yeah. And I said, hey, can you send me the thing in the email? I got to like type the email and I got to read the email. There are voxes, if you will. That's what they're called. You know, when you send a message, it's a box yeah. that I can prosecute from walking down my, the second floor of my house to the first floor of my house. Wow. Right. I mean, just get on, you send it, they pick up the message and off we're going. We're not doing meetings, we're not emailing each other. Sometimes if that person were to have emailed me, I would have, it would have taken me longer to read the email than to have answered the question. So that technology by itself is, it's fascinating. What we're doing at the sales conservatory is now integrating that into the workflow. So when, when is the right time to, to box um, somebody? Can we scale it um, through basically internal navigation? So nobody is ever left hanging um, th those kinds of things. I mean, we're yeah. pretty excited about that. And so there's lots of other kinds of the, those types of integrations where we're just lowering the barrier to entry into, into the conservatory. Is, is the conservatory a virtual environment or is it a physical place? And, and you have, you you have, and will have people there or is it a virtual? It's, it's both. Okay. Um, it, it's both. As, as a matter of fact, I am in the conservatory studios right now. It's, okay. it's hard to see. Um, but we have like, for example, I'm looking around, you know, we have a kitchen and we have, we actually have an electronic uh, internet whiteboard. 
Yeah. Which is another fancy thing to our ver- workflow that we've done. I don't know. We sit down, you got to work something out. Hey, can we, can you help me with a SWOT analysis? Yeah. That's, that's a standard thing I'll get. Yeah. I have a virtual whiteboard. It's 55 inches. It connects to Zoom, Teams, whatever. Instantly comes up on your screen. I have a SWOT analysis template that I just right. drag into it. And I have a little pen on the whiteboard and we just start going to town. Yeah. And at the end of it, I can send it to you. I can send you the recording. It's all that. So the conservatory is a virtual and physical place okay. by necessity. So very accessible. What is the best place for the listeners to contact you or to get in touch with the conservatory group, the sales, uh, the sales yep. conservatory side? What's the what's the contact info? So obviously you and I knew we were going to talk. So I created a website, salesconservatory.com. Yep. And if your listeners go there right now, I will welcome them <laughs> as a listener. You will be able to get on our newsletter list. You will be able to vox me. You'll be able to connect me through email. Um, we also have a, a very interesting telephony system that allows you to navigate through the, through the sales conservatory virtually. Okay. All that stuff will be found at the sales, uh, salesconservatory.com. And then we can take it from there. Okay. Awesome. One last uh, question for you that I ask every guest and what's one, I, I call it a sales vitamin. Uh, let's call it a uh, sales conservatory vitamin today. What's one sales conservatory vitamin you want to leave the listeners with, you know, today that uh, that's going to help them be a better sales professional or a better sales manager. Read, read, read. And I'm not just talking sales things. Okay. I am talking everything, fiction, nonfiction. Um, I have learned more about myself and the craft of salesship through reading. Um, I was reading a book that, boy, it, the title escapes me, but <laughs> yeah, but in there, there it was, it had nothing to do with sales. And there was an entire study about sales people. Wow. And how that turned in, I think the book's called, you know, how things get done or something. Um, yes. How things get done by uh, Kathy Milkman. Okay. And I think if your listeners look that up, but in there, I'm just reading cause I, 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 well, you know, I'm a nerd, so I enjoy reading, but sure enough, I come across this thing where somehow her thesis has nothing to do with sales, but she chose an entire sales study and describes it, how it all connects. Yeah. And I tell you, a lot of the ideas that I come up with the sales conservatory is just me reading all sorts of stuff and just allow yourself to, uh, to explore it. I, I'm a, I teach speed reading Okay. and speed reading is not reading fast, by the way. Um, yeah, that's what I think reading, of it as. Yeah. So speed reading is not reading fast. Speed reading is comprehending fast. Okay. And to comprehend, you have to have an idea of what it is that you're looking for in your, in your reading. Yeah. So let your listeners do that. So when you pick up a book and you see a title, what are you looking for? Like, what do you expect the book? What do you expect the book? Don't, don't, don't become slave to the book. Have yeah. the book serve you. Yeah. And no. you'd be fascinating about all the interesting things you find. So yes, my vitamin for today is read, read, read. 
Yeah, that's such a great point. And I, I try to read two books a month. That's my goal. If I can read two books a month, and I know there's people that read a lot more than that, but two books a month is good. And I, I've just started one. It's called Tiny Habits. The author's name is Fogg. He's a Stanford. B.J. Fogg. B.J. Fogg. And, I know him well. Uh, it, I read the book. Yep. It doesn't have really anything <laughs> to do with sales per se, but if you can co correlate these creating these tiny habits over time, and just extrapolating those into, well, how could I use this in my sales performance and in Correct. my sales role? It's unbelievable. It's a cool, it's a cool book. I just started reading it, but it's, yeah, it's an excellent book. Atomic Habits. Yeah, um, that's a great one. Yeah, that's a great book. But I mean, it goes hand in hand with, with that one as well. BJ Fogg actually has a great website where he has free course that you can um, sort of exercise some of these things in the book. Okay. Um, he's a Stanford professor. Yeah. Um, just a real sharp guy. And so, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 highly unlikely that someone's gonna uh, stump me with a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you read them all. I, I don't know a lot of things, but that's yeah. one thing that's highly unlikely that that uh, that I'm doing. But yeah, but, but you're a self directed learner. I mean, yeah. the idea that you read two books and you know what you're looking for is is a big deal. Let me challenge you and your listeners on something around reading, and then uh, obviously we'll we'll close out. But yeah, um, don't just read to read but read to implement. Okay. I, uh, I, I'm a voracious reader and I, yeah. I went down that one week, like one book a week is what I was going to do for a oh, year. Wow. I'm a big goal setter kind of guy. Yeah. I had read 37 books in the first two months. Wow. So I was like, well, you know, I was like, okay, yay for me. Um, yeah. It didn't really do anything for me. Then I decided I'm going to read and then I'm going to implement. And all of a sudden it just got really, really slow, but it got intentional. And I decided, and all of a sudden I'm reading maybe five books a year now. Oh, wow. But I'm implementing what I read. Yeah. Which is to me is a game changer. And again, goes along with the sales vitamin that I talked about. It's, it's the read, but read to implement, read to comprehend. I've always found that if you teach what you read, it helps you comprehend it. And then if you're trying to explain it to someone, that's why I've always liked, hey, take it in book and work with the with your sales team. We don't do enough of it and talk about the chapters and do that. You know, that way, anytime you try to teach something that you're reading, you're going to understand it and comprehend it better if you're doing, doing the research. No caveat. No, yeah. no, uh, no addition on my part. You're absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> well, our guest today has been Dr. Tom Tonkin. Everybody get to the website, get to the conservatory uh, group sales.com. Is that right? Did I say salesconservatory.com? Right? Salesconservatory.com. Check that out. Get to the website, get uh, check out his private podcast as well, and then get on his mailing list. Um, you're talking about 25 years of working experience as an executive and, and, and a PhD uh, in organizational leadership, 19 years at Oracle. So make sure you get to, into contact him. You're also, I'm assuming you're on LinkedIn. I'm I would on think. LinkedIn. I'm Twitter. You'll find me. It'll You'll, be hard to, to miss me. As a matter yeah. of fact, my, my claim to fame is if you type Tom Tonkin in Google, you, my fr the first front page is my picture and some of my work. Okay, uh, cool. It's a little bit of a party trick of mine, but... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, we're we're grateful you were on the show. I know the listeners are going to, when we release this episode here, they're going to uh, enjoy it. Just a ton of information, but all you listeners get to the uh, website and uh, connect with Tom. Tom, thanks so much for coming on, Dr. Tom Tompkin. Just appreciate it, the wealth of knowledge. Appreciate everything you've done for sales over your career. Uh, John, it's been a sincere pleasure. I hope we do it again. You bet. That's it for today's Sales Vitamin. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and please leave a review. It'll mean a lot. Whatever platform you listen on, hit the subscribe button. Have a great day and remember, take your Sales Vitamin.